It is the Matt Mosley Show. ESPN Central Texas. Folks starting to kind of filter back from the holidays. And we're one of our favorite guests, whether it's the holidays or otherwise, is none other than Glenn Stretch Smith. You hear him on the Doomsday Podcast with Ed Werder and me. And uh, you hear him on WFAA Channel 8 that you get in Central Texas. Stretch, how was your uh, how was your holiday? Are you uh, did you did you avoid all the all the candy and the, the cookies and the sweets? How did you how'd you come out on that end? Uh, you know, pretty good until today. And I, right before I got on this show, I had me two of those mini bunt just bunt cakes. Mostly, it wasn't any good. Don't worry about it. wasn't any good. Do you like the I I I like those bunt cakes. Do you go the red velvet? Or like no. a chocolate chip, which 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 kind of the bunt cakes do you prefer from the uh, I know I, that bunt cake shop? Uh, it's a, without question, it's a red velvet because it, of how it goes down with that icing. But anytime they can get you, you can get that icing on it, Mosley, you know that's the you know that's the, that's kind of the big ticket if you can get the icing on something. You know, it's 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 not about the cake itself. It's about uh, it's about the icing and how that 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 first sweet jolt and it just whoop does yeah. it for you. Well, I uh, I went over to the uh, gym today and uh, uh, stretch. I don't did not much of a workout occurred over there, but I did kind of try <laughs> to assess the damage from the holidays. And let's just say, let's just say I scored a touchdown. All right, with the extra point. <laughs> <laughs> two point conversion or one point no no i went for the pat and uh, was successful with that and so uh you know i think honestly based on some of my past behavior uh that, that's probably a fairly successful christmas and now we'll kind of turn the tide and try to head back the other way and um, uh glenn stretch smith on with us the man has coached in the nfl he played college football. Uh, by the way, when do the um, when does your alma mater line it up with the Alamo Bowl tonight? We have the Guaranteed Rate Bowl with the Oklahoma State kiddos, and then I believe the um, Texas Tech Red Raiders have the Houston Bowl tomorrow against Ole Miss. Do you know when the uh, Longhorns will get it on down in San Antonio? They're home away from I, home. You know what? I can I, can, I can honestly say, and you might be a little disappointed with me, Mosley. That I'm not sure when that is. I'm really not. Mm. I know it's got to be coming up here. You know, it's got to be coming up here one of these nights. Uh, you know, I I don't know. I don't know. You know, I I, I, I kind of when you I had to let la- you get me on this damn show and you want me to talk about the Cowboys and then you start kind of you just kind of start making me look like a dipstick, not knowing when my alma mater's playing. And I don't appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, we'll do more pre-show <laughs> meetings in the future. I'll call you up, and I'll I'll just kind of lead you through everything. Um, now, on the Cowboys front, I should say, I love these stories about it. It crops up every now and then. The the Apparently, Michael Gallup was asked about a certain throw in that game the other day on, on uh, Christmas Eve, and they said, could you see it? Could you see the ball? And his answer was no. 
And that led at least one local journalist into another deep dive on how Jerry has allowed the sun, uh, even on an indoor stadium, the sun to play a role, and it seems to always negatively impact the Cowboys. Now, <laughs> the, the I don't know if you got to see it. I wanted to read you Jerry's response to this because this is classic Jerry. Jerry says on the radio today, The sun was there for both teams, and so both teams have to look for it. We've got a lot of coaches, and they've got assistants. You don't have a lack of people out there who can tell where the sun is. So I love that Jerry basically put it back on the coaches and and, and basically insinuated we got about 30 coaches involved in this thing. If, If they need to run a play where the sun isn't, they should be able to do that. Do you... <laughs> if you throw the ball in the southeast corner of the end zone, Mosley, I'm guessing yeah. that's what he's saying. If you throw the ball in the southeast corner of the end zone, you got to fade. I mean, I don't think there's any question that it affected Michael Gallup. I mean, you saw the positioning of his hands. I'm, I'm saying he never even saw the ball. I mean, it was it was that it was that awkward looking. So. I, you know, I, I'm kind of like you. I, the one thing that my initial response is, you know, they're doing a big stadium renovation. I mean, do you think that'll mean that they, you know, they put some of those plantation shutters like you have on your house? I mean, would they plantation shutter up that that that, that end zone windows? I think it would be like. Um... Also, so it was blackout curtains or something like that that they would put up. <laughs> That's with Mosley. Now, wait a minute. You're speaking like you used to, you know, were you growing some of that stuff back in college where you had the foil up on the windows to black it all out? <laughs> well, I don't know what that means, but I will say. <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> we, we did have a, a room where we would black it out so you could sleep better and had that thing. Uh, I would say my, one of my apartments, it was the darkest of dark you could ever allow. And, and it had a nickname. I, I can't remember what it was, but it was so dark in there. I mean, it, it was it was from a sleeping standpoint. I will never sleep as well as I did as about a 19- or 20-year-old in college because of what we did over at the Village Apartments in Waco. Now, talking to Glenn Stretchsmith, talking some big-time football here, on the Matt Mosley Show, ESPN uh, Central Texas. We can talk some college, whatever, wherever Stretch wants to uh, to take this thing. Stretch, as we come down the uh, uh, as, as we come down the stretch, no pun intended, of the uh, last two games before the Cowboys get to the playoffs, you've seen the stories now. The Sean Payton rumors are starting to float again a little bit about the uh, uh, Cowboys, and of course he will really be able to name the situation where he wants to go. And, and the rumors are he's already kind of started putting together his staff and he has Vic Fangio and all that. Do, do you get a sense, you always have a great feel for maybe where you think this Cowboys or, or and you work for Jerry, so you have a, a good sense for Jerry Jones. What do you think Mike McCarthy has to do to remain the, the Cowboys coach? Is it, as some people say, he has to get to the NFC title game? Or do you think 
kind of like in the past, he would just need to win that first-round playoff game, and then he would be secure. Because the other name coming up is the Cowboys' defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn. The The Broncos have already fired their coach, Nathaniel Hackett, and what a, what a disaster that was. Uh, so Dan Quinn's name's going to start coming up again for some of these head coaching positions. What do you think from what's your gut telling you that McCarthy and the Cowboys have to do for McCarthy to remain the head coach? Well, I mean, I just know what Jerry's expectations are. He's put out there that he feels like they have one of the best rosters. He tells you all the time how good he feels his quarterback is and how good he's playing. And I think the underlying tone is if, if, uh, you know, if, if they don't make it to the NFC championship game, I, I mean, I, it wouldn't surprise me at all for, uh, you know, for, for Jerry to start looking at other options. I, I, you know, part of me says Sean Payton, and then the other part of me says I know how hard it is to get Jerry to part with draft picks. I mean, you're not going to just go get Sean Payton without having to compensate uh, the New Orleans Saints for the fact that he would still be under contract. So I don't know how all that's going to work. Uh, you mentioned Dan Quinn. I, I mean, my gut feeling there is that uh, Denver's already kind of gone down that path of an experienced defensive coordinator when they brought in Vic Fangio, and that, that didn't work. And one year later, they brought in what they felt like was a young and upcoming offensive mind, and Nathaniel Hackett, and that's been a – Obviously, it has been a disaster. So, uh, you know, where might Jerry turn? I, I do know this, that Jerry always goes or seems to go, you know, first crack, crack or rattle out of the boxes, guys that he's comfortable with. So, I mean, might he reach out or has he already reached out to somebody like a Mike Zimmer? I, you know, I don't know that. Uh, but I would say – that that would that would make sense um, for Jerry to to look at that. I know that he likes uh, Dan Quinn a lot, and obviously Dan Quinn's got head coaching experience with the Falcons. But uh, you know, when you look at the NFL as a whole and think about the the shuffling of coaches and who's fixing to go where and what you know, which one of these young guys and you know, obviously Sean McVay and what, uh, you know, what he was able to do last year with, uh, you know, the direction that Sirianni has the Eagles going and, you know, kind of a young hot shot, you know, coordinator type guy. Um, I, I do think that sometimes that, uh, that sometimes that works and then sometimes it doesn't. I, I, I'll be interesting to see how, uh, you know, how does Kingsbury, how, how's he going to finish this thing out? And with what happened over there with Steve Keim and how that was a mess and has been a mess uh, in Arizona and that exper experiment with him and, and, and Kyler Murray, I, I, I just think that you're going to see some, some changes and then there'll be some jobs that will open that will really, I, I think will shock you. I, uh, you know, for instance, does a guy like Pete Carroll, has he had enough in Seattle? I mean, is he kind of has that has that run its course there? So the does 
carousel of coaches and how guys change seats in the NFL, I think it's going to be like it is every year. There's going to be five or six good jobs. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with you. Sean Payton will have his choice of jobs, and then they'll have to, you know, whoever decides to go that route will have to compensate New Orleans uh, for the fact that yeah. they've signed him. But uh, you can't argue with Sean Payton and what he's what he's been able to accomplish. And I, I mean, I, I, you know, I, I think Jason Garrett could get a job. I think it could easily happen. So, uh, you know, we'll just have to see how this all shakes out. How are we doing, guys? Can't you just hear him coming back? How are we doing? How are we doing? Uh, always uh, good to see Jason and think about uh, think about him being back in the NFL. Of course, it, he flamed out as the play caller at uh, with the Giants, but uh, he also might have been serving under a, uh, uh, you know, I think that was Joe Judge, and so that could have been a tough situation to be working under. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason is highly regarded. All it takes is one, right? I mean, look at who's the interim. Did you see that, who Denver picked for their interim? It's the guy that – it's the guy that was brought in as the clock management to help oh. because Hackett was struggling so much with clock management that they brought a guy that had been out of the league for three or four years in, and they said, hey, by the way, can you get us through the season? We need you to be our interim head coach. That is a – That is a, hadn't, even been, hadn't even been there all year. No, no, and that's going to be the interim head coach for the Denver Broncos. Last thing I had for you, Stretch, the um, – the quarterback of the Cowboys, you know, I, <laughs> you, you almost can't be critical of this guy without being labeled as some kind of hater. And I don't think that you are. And I think you have been positive. I, you know, Ed and I, uh, Ed Werder and I have always been big believers in Dak. Uh, but it is interesting. Boy, people really get defensive and get upset if you criticize Dak. The one thing you can't argue with, uh, it, it's undisputable, He's thrown interceptions in five straight games. He has had a problem protecting the football this season. And he's had some issues with just some situational football and when he makes decisions. Um, Isn't it interesting, Stretch, that at a time in his career when he really should be peaking in terms of his decision-making and and just ability, he's a little bit of a – it's hard. It's a hard one to crack, isn't it? Because he's not. He. It's not. He just is not completely on top of his game, even though he's still capable of putting up some great numbers from time to time. And and he does. I mean, he makes some really exceptional throws at times, and then he does some things that, I, you know, I, I mean, I hate to use this word, but they're non-instinctive. I mean, I'll, I'll go back to the to the end of the half with you, and he scrambles out and runs out of bounds instead of getting on the ground to get the clock to run to the two minute warning. He thought he had it the two minute warning and run out of bounds. Well, there was two oh one to play in the half. Well, regardless, the next snap you're going to get a you're going to get a stoppage. There's going you're going to get the two minute warning whether that goes to 154 or 153 or whatever it takes to seven or eight, six, seven, eight seconds to run that last play, you know that you're going to get a stoppage. Well, he takes an intentional at 201. He takes an intentional sack and loses seven yards instead of just throwing the ball away. And you look and you go, hi, that was so non-instinctive. And you watch him 
on that naked boot where he's booting away from his hand and he, and he throws that pick six to sweat and you go, God, is that non-instinctive? I mean, he doesn't pump the ball to get the guy in the air. He doesn't float the ball over the top of the guy. He doesn't kind of go sidearm like Mahomes and rip it under him. He just says, hell with it. I'm throwing it right to you and see if you can catch it for a pick six. And so it, it, it's aggravating at times. And then you watch him do some things that you just go, God, that, that's good. That's really good. So I think the the thing that concerns me most about Dak is just the fact that he at, – at, and, and it's always at really bad times, whether that's when you were up 17 – they hit the two pump on you to, to, uh, two weeks ago to cut the uh, Jacksonville, cut the lead to 10. You're coming out of your own end zone and you throw a pick and you give it right back to him after having a 17 point lead. So not always is it the fact that he throws interceptions. It's when he throws them and what he does, it makes it feel like a very, uh, you know, uninstinctive player. And I, I, I'm like you, I mean, he's at a point in his career where they just paid him all this money. And you know you could hear some of the you could hear some of the boos, uh, uh, you know Saturday. I mean I think it's uh, I think it's something he's going to have to clean up, and you know I, he can because he shows you that he can. But he's he's got to quit. He's got to quit it at, at the times that he's doing it. If this team wants to be successful and go deep into the playoffs, I, and I'll say this, Matt. I mean we we can talk about this, but you know really the game favors the offense right now in the NFL and has for a while. So you've got to have a defense that'll get you those one or two critical stops. And th- and you need your defense to make those critical stops. And the Cowboys can certainly do that. But what you don't need is the opposing team to do it. And you throw them a damn interception. I mean, you got to quit turning the football over. All right. It was, uh, it was great catching up with you uh, over the holidays. A uh, happy bowl watching to you that's been some great high school football that you and i have taken in here in recent weeks you're uh, the high school that you follow uh all saints had a great run this year and that ended uh in the waco area uh, right down the road at the waco uh, isd stadium and so uh it is uh it is uh it's it's always fun to to uh to catch up with you i i gotta say you know my thought on dak is that he he He's so great in front of the media, and he's such a he comes across as such a strong leader. So, in a sense, is you know Russell Wilson has all this can stuff that kind of annoys people. There are other quarterbacks who just kind of seem annoying. Dak is very genuine, um, yet yet you're right. It's just a head scratcher on some of the things he does, and that makes him and plus, of course, where he's playing. One of the most polarizing quarterbacks, uh, uh, athletes, really in the uh, in the game right now in Dak Prescott. Stretch, I hope you have a blessed rest of uh, 2022, and let us be the first to uh, wish you a happy new year as well. Well, a happy new year to you. Happy new year to uh, to our man Bullet Barfield. I hope he's uh, hope that morning show is. You know, he's got some big sponsors in there, and that thing's rolling. You got the afternoon show rolling. You and you and Aaron there kind of got it rolling. So, hey, happy new year to you guys. And, Mosley, if anything comes up, hang your hat on it, Podden. Have a good evening. All right, there he goes. Glenn Stretch Smith off into the night. 
And I kind of like that, just wishing the best for the shows. Wish he had uh, remembered to say something about the John Morris show at 3 o'clock, but that's okay. Uh, it is Glenn Stretch Smith in his unique style and delivery on the Matt Mosley show. Next, 